I mean, they see gold. They they know the champ is here, and they just start barking, dude. Do you just go around playing that song everywhere you go? Everywhere. Dude, I absolutely would. You remember back in, like, the earlier UFC days, like when Tim Sylvia was the champ, they said he took his belt, like, everywhere to restaurants and stuff? Yeah. Like, just... <laughs> oh, yeah. You would see, like, one of his teammates fought, and then Tim Sylvia was standing in the cage with his belt around his waist. Exactly. How perfect is that? Like, just the dude just wouldn't take it off. Was that you? Oh, no. Oh, that sucks. No, I pretty much brought mine home, and that's where it stayed. Are you going to put it in the gym or anything, or are you just going to, like, keep it at the house? Uh, I'm going to keep – the one that I have is the one that I won. Um, I'm going to keep that one. My other ones are at the gym from the amateur titles and stuff, but uh, Ray bought one that night off Ryan to hang on the gym wall. There you go. You know, I can't see you. Why can't I see you? You can't see me? That's. No. I mean, it's probably for the best, to be fair. I'm not sure if that's what everybody's oh. experience is or not. Never mind. There you we go. Now I can see you. Yep, yep. Yeah. Now, you probably wish you didn't figure out how to fix that. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no, man, I got it now, dude. So, what was the work schedule like today? You said you weren't sure, like, if you're going to make it home quite by five. So, what's like the day in the life of Ethan Goss look like? The champ, Ethan Goss, excuse me. Um, so obviously, I'm I'm self-employed. Um, I do excavating with my uh, me and my father. Um, he's been in business for I don't know, 30, 45 years. And uh, last two years, last two and a half years, I went back and was with him. So, uh, and we're really, really busy right now. We've got a lot of houses we're putting in, and a lot of other projects we're doing for people. But uh, originally, I have a like a four-yard concrete pour I wanted to do at my house, mm. but it was calling for rain all morning and all day today. So I was like, I'll just wait till next week. And uh, of course, it did not rain today. So I screwed myself on that. And uh, so dad and I went and finished up a waterline job and then uh, went out and finished another job we were doing, clearing a lot, and uh, come back and started working on finishing, uh, doing the final grade and stuff, finishing at the house we were doing. So Nice. Very a normal day. Just like my day, man. That's exactly what I do all day, too. That's funny how similar we are. <laughs> 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 but dude i gotta say like it's always funny when i hear about pro fighters that have full-time jobs i think this was a big deal you know in the ufc days especially i'm sure some ufc fighters still have to have full-time jobs but it's always crazy to me that you're a pro athlete that prepares you know just like the ufc guys you you train like crazy the bout is just as important to you and your career like it's wild. How do you juggle a full-time job that is physically demanding like yours as well with training? Um, you know, like a lot of guys, um, a lot of guys will be able to train, you know, full-time. Um, like, I, I think like Patton, you know, Justin Patton, for example, I think he did. I think he pretty much trains full-time, you know, and he was pretty much, if I'm not mistaken, he was pretty much training full-time as an amateur. Um, I unfortunately did not have that opportunity. I shouldn't say I didn't have that opportunity. I like having money in the piggy bank. You know what I mean? 
So sure. uh, I I grew up in a working family. Um, my 97-year-old grandmother still has to work. You know what I mean? Has to do something every day. Um, my dad, he's a workaholic. My mom's a workaholic. Um, so I pretty much grew up with that mentality and that kind of grind. So I always knew I had to do something. I had to, you know, I had to have regular income coming in and, uh, I didn't want to go broke. You know what I mean? Going after something. So I didn't want to like put all my eggs. I shouldn't, I, I don't mean it. Like I didn't want to, I wasn't committed. I just didn't want to 100%, you know, drop everything and just worry about training and try to live off, you know what I mean? The couple right. hundred dollars you might make for winning a fight. Um, sure. You know, I was able to buy my own house at 23 or 24 years old. Um, I got a problem with buying vehicles. I got multiple, multiple vehicles. I probably got six or seven vehicles I have licensed on the road. So, like, I, I, had, I have a lot of toys, uh, Harley Davidson side by side. You know? mm. uh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've uh, always been kind of a little bit of a gear junkie when it comes to ranching and you know vehicles and stuff like that so like i've always i've raced cars i used to race dirt track race um before i ever got into fighting and um maybe something might might get back into again once i it's all said and done and i'm done fighting i don't know dude yeah i don't know how i never knew that but it, it i gotta ask the question now like what's your favorite vehicle in the arsenal what's the one that is your prize prize possession a 1969 camaro Look Hands down, Look most favorite car guy. in the world. That's incredible. A '69 yep. Camaro. All right, tell My me. My father more. has two of them. Nice. So, are you are you a big Chevy guy? Do you are you brand loyal, or do you not really care? Uh, I'm definitely a Chevy guy, especially. So here's the thing: I've I've worked on them a lot, right? And uh, I've never found a Ford that was easy to work on. And uh, they they've always changed shit and made shit different, and just made it like a pain in the ass where she used a lot of the same stuff over and over and over and over again throughout the years. Um, sure. like the, like the door handles on an S 10 is the same as what's on a Camaro. You know what I mean? Like they use a lot of the same, same style, um, parts for different vehicles. But, uh, as you get into like bigger trucks, like medium sized duty trucks, you know, you got your, your diesels. Um, I've been more of a Cummins fan. I've always, I've had multiple, Cummins diesel trucks and uh but I'm not a Dodge fan this is, I don't I think Dodge is rot out but you Cummins came with a Dodge and and uh, we got a couple Chevys that we got Cummins in that dad dad has and we've done some work and uh swapped the Cummins motor in because I think the Cummins is the best diesel motor they ever built so there you go that's a strong endorsement we need to get you a Dodge endorsement for your for your next fight Give me a Cummins endorsement. Yeah, that's what I need. That's exactly – that's what everybody would say. Ethan Goss needs a Cummins endorsement for sure. Cummins and Komatsu. I like Komatsu equipment. There you go. Hey, put it out there. Let's – Dylan, <laughs> if you're watching this, Dylan, when you clip this podcast, get that clip and tag them. <laughs> we need to get Ethan some big-time sponsorship. <laughs> but uh, how can you afford – here's what I, I need to know. How can you afford these cars and stuff with Ryan paying you what he pays you? We, we know Ryan's the worst, right? Yeah, that's chump change. You know what I mean? Like, me me fighting for Ryan's like doing Ryan a favor. Like, <laughs> there's there ain't much to gain for me. You know, you get what I'm saying? A cheap ass. 
Dude, what is his deal? Why is Ryan so terrible? I've always tried to figure this out, and I can't. He's out there making UFC money now, like having these, you know, thousand gates, thousand some people gates and shit, like casino shows, you know. I mean, the hell, you think he'd step it up? You would think he would step it up, and maybe Ah, there he is. There's the ugly guy. (laughs) Listen, can't hear what you're saying. Keep running your sock. This is perfect. It's perfect that he's talking so much smack and we can't hear a word of it. <laughs> oh, no. Can't oh, hear what no. you're saying, dude. This is the this is in a series of fails for Ryan. This is definitely the biggest. Yeah. He needs to flip his camera, too. He yells at me every time. Uh, he can hear us. There you go. He still has no audio. He's the worst. We tried. We... No audio. We planned this. We literally planned for Ryan to come in. I, I was going to get used to start talking smack on Ryan, and then we were going to tag Ryan in. Chase Boyd <laughs> Chase Boyd said, give the phone to your son. <laughs> He'll figure it out for you. Yeah, this is, this is embarrassing, man. You're ruining the whole show. He said Hunter's fired and the title is vacant. Man, that's, that's terrible news. He's wow. The double bad news. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, here's the thing. The title better not be vacant, Ethan, because I do believe you have an announcement to make. Yeah. Am I making it or you? Do it, bro. This is you. This is your time to shine. Um, October 1st, Monroeville Convention Center. Not too far away for all my local fans here at home. Um, I will be defending the crown against Tobias Taylor. For the obviously the 145 pound championship, so I'm going to be putting it on the line and defending the title for the first time. First title defense. We know how important the title fight against Kevin Barbarina was to you. You know, we on the very first podcast we ever did together, I think you had one of the best little speeches about what that meant to you. How you can always buy things, but a title is 100% earned. Like you can't go mm-hmm. out and buy a pro title. And I thought that said a lot about your character, a lot about how you view your profession, and then you went out and did it. So how does this feel compared to that? Now that you've achieved the goal, how do you keep the fire going to now make this title defense feel just as important? No, I'm still living the dream, man. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not done. I'm still I'm still going after something. Um, me defending the title is just the next step in the process. Um, my ultimate goal obviously is to, to get signed, um, by one of these bigger promotions. And to me, you know, I feel like I'm this close now. Um, mentally, I feel like I'm there physically. I feel like I'm there. Um, it's just a matter of putting a couple more, you know what I mean? Put a couple more wins together. Uh, hopefully, hopefully one more, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Um, but first things first, you know, I got to focus on what's on my plate in front of me. I can't be dreaming about pizza while I got a plate full of mashed potatoes. You know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> there you go. Um, Dude, put that on a t-shirt, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Like for you, you mentioned the, you know, hopefully getting on to a, to a bigger, better stage in your career, reaching that ultimate goal. You had, a fight for Bellator in the past. What, mm-hmm. like, what about that experience did you like? What about that do you still crave? What do you feel like you left on the table in that fight? Because I know a lot of people that saw it 
did think that you won. So I'm sure that stings a little extra, right? Yeah, I mean, it's been so long ago now. It's kind of been forgotten. Oh, he's okay. back. Maybe he might still, be back. Still can't hear what he's saying. <laughs> still can't. He's got. I don't know. My my guy's got mic issues. Look at him. He looks so stupid looking at it. Ryan. All right. Blunt. How about now? Ah, there he is. Hey, I liked it better <laughs> when we couldn't hear you, but now we can. Now nah, we can't hear him again. He's cutting in and out. Yeah. It's that it's that upper St. Clair internet. It's too saturated by all the Tesla electric motors are ruining the airways. Oh, guaranteed. Oh. Guaranteed. <laughs> this is so, um, Yeah, back to right. your question. Yeah, I'm going to kick him back out. Um, You know, like I said, I mean, that feels like it's been a long time ago now. But uh, just to, to, for me, you know what I mean? My, I, I feel like I'm a world-class athlete, you know, right now. And uh, I feel like I should be competing, you know, in the world-class, with the world-class athletes getting paid like world-class athletes. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's just the dream, you know what I mean? Ultimately for me, the UFC was always a dream. That was always where I kind of wanted to go, where I wanted to be. And, uh, you know, I basically right now, I feel like I'm kind of in the same position that Kama was in, you know, right after he won the belt for you guys. So, mm -hmm. and, uh, I've said it numerous times over and over and over again, anybody that's ever watched my career you know from the amateur ranks up till now know that it's always have been anybody anytime any place anywhere in the world you know what i mean and that's exactly how i feel about the ufc you know i don't care who it is i don't care where it's at i don't care how many rounds it is um i just want the opportunity just if i can get the opportunity i will take care of the rest that's all i need is the opportunity to get in well, this is one of the things that definitely stood out to me with that title fight, man, was you not only won the fight, but you definitely looked better than ever in that fight. I, I remember looking at Ryan during the fight and just being like, I knew Ethan was good, but man, like this is this is next level Ethan Goss right now. And even his opponent and his opponent's team was like, that wasn't the same guy that we've been watching film on for the last couple months. Like you definitely hit a different level in that fight. Like what about it? What about your preparation? Was it more of a mindset thing? Like, what about that fight allowed the best you to come out? Um, like I said, the uh, the last piece of the puzzle for me was the mental thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think I told Kavanaugh, you know, when he was interviewing me before the fight, um, you know, what I thought and all this stuff. And I said, you know, Going into this one, like going into the last uh, the the fight with the Hazes before, like I knew I was a contender. You know what I mean? I knew I was uh, a guy capable of challenging for the title. Um, going into that last fight, like I already knew I was I was a champion. You know what I mean? I had like a champion mindset, so I already knew going in that I was a champ, no matter what. You know what I mean? No matter what happens, like I'm on the I am on that level. I am on you know one of the best featherweights in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, I knew I was the top dog going into that, that matchup with Barbarina. And, uh, you know, that's not taking anything away from and Kevin either. Uh, 
you know, Kevin's a tough guy. Um, and if you watch some of his other fights, like he's had much, like I said, I've just, you know, I was just on. Um, and I've been on the last couple fights I've been on that, that big win over Sue though. You know, that was a super tough guy that, uh, I was able to, to beat, um, and in the fight with him, like, you know, Suda was a striker. Suda was a, a Muay Thai guy. And uh, if you watch that fight, you know, by the second round, he was changing his – completely changing his style, trying to win by grappling and trying to win by taking me down. So uh, that showed – like, to me, that was like, okay, I'm on this level now where, like, I'm taking what people are good at and I'm taking it away from them and I'm making them try to adapt and change inside the fight. And, uh, you know, like, Isaac – Greeley told me, you know, before he's like, you're just, you're a savage, you're a savage. And that just kind of got steeled in my mind. Like, yeah, I am a savage. <laughs> like, Just had to embrace it. That That's awesome. Sometimes that's all it takes, man, is that little extra nudge. So in this fight now against Tobias Taylor, I'm sure a lot of our viewers are not super familiar with him. How would you describe his game? Because he's a guy that I look at his record, man, and it's his one of the things I always look for to judge the quality of a fighter is how good are their losses? He has mm -hmm. really good losses. Like he lost to Patrick yeah. Nix, who is literally a top Bellator fighter right now. As we speak, Jarrell Hodge, who I've always thought was one of the best fighters in this region forever. Like he's, he only loses to very top guys. So how do you see this fight against Taylor going? Yeah. Um, so I mean, most people that been around or been following the regional MMA for a while should know who he is. He's been, I mean, he's been around as long as I've been around. Um, he's beaten a couple, you know, a couple good guys, whether they're jujitsu guys or strikers. Um, you know, he's not afraid to go in, but I think he, I think he might've tried to drop the 135. And I don't know if he was, if the weight cut was maybe having a little struggle with him, but, uh, yeah, like you said, he he lost to Jarrell Hodge, who's an absolute monster. I mean, I know firsthand I was in the ring with you. I, I fought Jarrell as an amateur. Um, so he lost to Hodge. He lost a split decision to Isaiah Chapman. God rest his soul. Um, Chapman was a killer on the regional scene coming up through. Um, you know, like you see, he fought Patchy Mix, I think, early in his amateur careers when he fought Patchy Mix. Um, so Tobias has been around a while and, uh, obviously, like you said, the only guys that are able to beat him are the, the you know, the top level guys. And, uh, that's where I'm at. Um, to me, that's what I am. I'm a top level guy. And, uh, so it's going to be an interesting matchup for sure. Yeah. I think it's a lot of credit. You know, I threw that picture up on the screen of you walking out with the gorilla house shirt. I think obviously you got to give a lot of credit to that that team and how long you've been with them and how they've been able to prepare you. I know you guys aren't quite like directly in Pittsburgh, but you're still very much mm -hmm. a part of the Pittsburgh MMA community for sure. What about that team just resonates with you and maybe the coaching styles of the people there? Like what, what keeps you going back to gorilla house? Um, I think we just all connect, man. Like we just all, you know, obviously when you have like a, a, an athlete and a coach, like, you're going to get so far unless you have some kind of level of connection, you know, where as in sense, like Ray is Sydney's dad, you know what I mean? So they have that connection. Um, and Ray has been my jujitsu and ground coach now for the last five years. And uh, Ray has done 
many, many things, whether it's buying gear, you know, doing whatever you can to make sure that, you know, you can be prepared or you can be ready to go. And then you got Darren who, uh, Darren and I are like same mentality. Um, so Darren and I, like even to this day, Darren and I spar, I mean, Darren's going to yell at me for this, but his 50 year old ass, he still gets in there and spars with us. <laughs> and when Darren and I spar, you know, if I land a good shot on him or if he lands a good shot on me, like we, but we start getting competitive with each other. Like never, ever has it ever gotten to where like egos collided or like one of us gets mad at the other. Like we start smiling, grinning down and we start going. Um, so Darren and I have the same mentality for it, the same like, a, like competitor in this. And uh, his style is very similar to my style. So it's like, it's easy for him to translate that and teach, you know, for me. Um, but we do have, you know, the, the other, there's a couple other local gyms, you know, that are mainly jujitsu based and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, we kind of all cross train together, you know what I mean? Kind of help out with each other. And as far as I know, everybody gets, you know, along fairly well from other gyms and stuff too. The only other gym that if I was like, say something happened to Gorilla House and wasn't going to be around and I had to make a switch, uh, I would probably have to jump over to uh, ATT Happy Valley, um, which I've been there a couple of times. Marcel knows me. I know Marcel. Um, was, I've been on their mats a few times and got to work with those guys some. And uh, I told them when they opened, like, yeah, I'm all for, you know, working with you guys. Like, Ray and Darren are my coach. You know what I mean? They helped get me this far. I can't, you know what I mean? I'm not just going to walk away from them and leave them because, you know, an American top team gym opened up. But I will also work in with the American top team group, too. Uh, Mike Kajanzik, you know, I've worked with him. Sparring. He come down to the gym. We've done some sparring. Um, a lot of those guys. Like, it's just kind of kind of like how the Pittsburgh area is where all the gyms train with each other. It's kind of like that. But uh, probably not as often as the Pittsburgh guys do. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting the way that works. I think a lot of people from other cities – don't experience that. I think there's a lot more gym rivalries just from what I hear mm -hmm. in other cities than there are in Pittsburgh. You know, our guys almost never want to fight local versus local. And that's something that I personally, you know, I totally respect that as a promotion and as a promoter, my promoter hat, it sucks because obviously yeah. if you, if you can create in city rivalries, those fights would sell like insane. People would go nuts for those. Yeah. fights. But from the martial arts side of things, you know, I, I love and respect this total, like we're all here to help each other. We're all going to reach the same goal. Like we're all going for good things. And I love that they're able to put the ego aside, especially you mentioned a place like ATT Happy Valley. I mean, there's some legit studs. Like, I mean, Bo Nickel obviously being the most notable one, but you talk about stud studs at that place to allow an outsider outsider like you in that's extremely talented that might put the beat down on some guys. Like that says a lot about their guys to let you in there. Yeah. So they like, what they do over there a lot is, uh, I mean, the guys that they have there, I mean, you got Bo Nickel, you got uh, Anthony Cesaro, Moose, um, the boxing coach, he has one amateur fight, and then uh, Kip Jancic's training there. Um, they bring in, though, a lot of their high-level guys, like, uh, what's his name? The Chick, 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 I can't remember, I can't even say his name, Chickadays or whatever he is. Whatever yeah, his name is. He's, yeah. he's there right now or was there, you know, this past week. 
um, he'll come in to work out. And uh, that guy that's undefeated in Bellator, Ronaldo, I think his name is, I can't, or Roman or something. Uh, he was there the one day I was there, and I, you know, worked with him and got to roll with him and stuff like that. Uh, the only problem, like for me going over there, is they do their fighter practice at like ten thirty, eleven in the morning. Mm. So uh, daddy's got to eat, so daddy's got to work. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, in the winter time, it's not such a big deal because like I'm slowed down. You know what I mean? We don't have much. We don't. We don't have a lot going on, or the weather's too bad to be able to go out and do something, so I can make it over there. But uh, you know, in the evenings at my grilla house. So uh, that's why we need need to get you that coming sponsorship so you can train in the morning. That's what. Uh, now probably like coming. You know, when I when I start the training camp and stuff, and coming up here, like I'll probably make some days, like take a day, go over there. You know what I mean? I'll bounce around. We like already talked with Isaac. Um, you know, I'll be coming out with uh, Isaac and his crew there at the Matt Factory. They pretty much like welcome me in anytime I've ever been there. Um, like I said, never, never had any, I mean, pretty much every featherweight that's in Pittsburgh I've already fought. So, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I've been around long enough. I remember when there was gym rivals, you know, when the Academy was, or when it was fight club Pittsburgh, you know, it was fighting the Matt factory guys and, and the stout guys, you know what I mean? Now, now they're all one big thing, but, uh, yeah, they just got, I mean, the Pittsburgh crew pretty much, I'm like their, their step brother you know what i mean it could be like the stepbrother like i'm the one that like got married into the family somehow but anytime i ever go out there everyone's always ever treated me great you know everyone's always tried to work with me or help or you know help me out especially like comma i have nothing but good things to say about comma you know comma and i are kind of working on something right now um hopefully it works out but uh um that's big oh well, it's just there, Ethan. it's uh <laughs> so like my i'm me and my my opinion is my next step is management team um you know i spoke with sucker punch um i like to kind of you know like i said not always put my eggs in one basket so i wanted to talk with some other people and i was what well, i was interested in talking with uh jason house commas mm-hmm. manager and commas out in vegas right now so uh we're going to see if, you know, if Jason might be interested in talking to me, if he is awesome, that's great. Like, I'd love to talk to him and uh, see what, you know, what we can do. Uh, if he isn't, then that's great too. He isn't, you know what I mean? Like I said, it's, I understand. But uh, so we're just, like I said, waiting to see what might come from that. Um, but I, for in order for me to get a shot in, you know, obviously I got to keep winning. And two, I need somebody that has an inside scoop that's a good manager. You know what I mean? That can be like, hey, we just had a fight fall through. We need a 45-pounder for next week or a 55-pounder for next week or, you know, fuck it, even a 70-pounder. I don't give a damn. So <laughs> uh, I just need, you know what I mean? I, I, I need that extra little health in that sense to be able to, to be able to make it on there or a contender series show or, you know, whatever. That's awesome, man. That's kind of what I was going to ask you about that opportunity is that for so many guys, that's how it happens. It has to be short notice. It mm-hmm. has to be a late call up, something like that. Do you, how do you, you know, you're preparing for this fight in October. If the UFC called, Hey, we need you August 15th. Like I'm sure Ryan, everybody would let you do that, of course, for an opportunity like that. But how does that weigh in your mind? Like, how do you stay focused on October when you know that that call up could happen 
at any time. Like I said, man, I don't crave pizza while I'm eating mashed potatoes. Uh, so I'm definitely focused on Tobias and uh, defending the title here October 1st. In the meantime, if the phone rings, the phone rings. If it's one week's notice, four days' notice, two days, you know what I mean? It don't matter. Um, I'm going if it's going to go. That's what I've worked my ass off for these last 10 years. That was the goal. You know what I mean? When the, when, and the opportunity is going to present itself and maybe not, maybe not this month, maybe not next month, maybe not the end of the year, maybe not till next year, maybe not until the year after that. I don't know. But one thing is for sure. I truly feel, and I truly believe that I am going to get there one day. So one day I will be there. I mean, everybody around here sees it, man. Like we said, you just literally keep getting better and better, which is crazy to see that you're 10 years into your career. Literally, your first amateur fight was 10 years ago at this point. You're still, you're 30, 31, or are you 30, 30. 31? Yeah, I'm not 31 30, yet. Yeah. It doesn't seem right, man, that you've been in the game for 10 years. Like, that doesn't even seem possible. Yeah, 10 <laughs> years, 20, 25, 26 fights total, I think. Mm -hmm been a wild ride been a it feels like you know it feels like yesterday was getting started but then you look back and you're kind of like oh well guess not guess i'm getting a little bit older so my hairline Dude. lets me my hairline lets me know that i'm getting older <laughs> sure. hey, i feel you there dude i'm getting a little bald spot too and it really bothers me i'm gonna need to talk to you about like how to cope with losing my hair oh man I was, <laughs> You never, you never hear the end of it from everybody. It's like, oh, you're going bald. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's awful. Uh, that's, why, that's why I keep it long down here and wear a hat. It seems like I have a ton of hair. But yeah, like, I mean, I, if, if I could keep it long, I would, but it's it's too annoying for what I do. But, uh, you know, you don't want to be geriatric in the front and party in the back, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, Ryan says Ethan versus Amanda Nunes. I think there's Let's something do it. there. Yeah, I'll put on a wig and some makeup. Let's do it. <laughs> So I've already fought Sydney every day of the week for the last four or five years. So what the hell? Dude, what a beast. Sid, Sid is such a beast. So underrated as well. You know, there's, there's some things coming down the pipe that we can't quite speak of with her, but yeah, hopefully, anybody, hopefully everything's yeah. a lock because it's been, uh, I mean, what a year, years, a little coming up on a year since she's fought. And, uh, you know, she's been having a hard time finding, and I, and we kind of expected that, you know, when, when do you find a female fighter that's got 10 amateur fights, you know what I mean? Most yep. of them get to four and oh, or five and one, or, you know what I mean? Before they, they make the jump to pro. And you yeah, actually, you're seeing a lot of that now where amateur guys are getting four fights and they're just like, Oh yeah, I'm going pro. I'm going pro. And, uh, I don't, necessarily i mean anybody can do what they want you know it's everybody likes a kool-aid mix different um but <laughs> as far as like i told the guys like amateur guys and stuff it's like dude get in fight often fight as many guys as you can and fight the toughest guys that you can because when it goes pro everything goes to oh and oh i don't care if you're one and eight as an amateur if you're ten and oh like it goes back to oh and oh i've seen undefeated amateurs you know, go one and five right off the get go when they go pro because they, you know, they they padded the record or they didn't they didn't face tough competition. Uh, you got to be prepared for it because it's a whole. And I told them all like it's a whole nother ball game when it goes pro, a whole nother ball game because everyone either that steps out there is a savage. Everyone that's yep. stepping in that ring is a professional athlete, have paid their dues, and they're ready to go. 
So, dude, it's so it's is that a gorilla house thing? Because you mentioned, you know, Sid so experienced 10 fights. Cam Allgaier is a guy that I thought could have turned pro. His last fight against Hunter Starner was a pro level fight. Like that, that easily, easily could have been a pro fight, but he's still an amateur testing himself as well. Is that something that Ray and Darren talk about at the gym? Is that a conscious effort to keep you guys amateur as long as possible? Um, that kind of came from me, I would say. I don't want to take credit for it, but that would kind of come from me. That was what was drilled into my head when I was coming up through the ranks as an amateur. Mm-hmm. Um, I trained under, uh, I trained with Tyler Saltzman. Mm. And uh, he was the one that was like, he, dude, he's a like, dude, you need to have, you know, you need to get like 10 amateur fights. You need to fight. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't think you necessarily have to put a number on it, but uh, I always, you know, that was just always kind of the magic number for me was 10. And, you know, that's kind of what I passed down to Sydney and the cam and, Obviously, you see, you know, how good Cam is. You know, he's, what, 6-1 and one now? Um, took yeah. seven fights till somebody beat him. And, uh, you know, you got these, you got some stud amateurs coming up, like Bobby Murda. You know, what's he, 4-0 now? Um, mm-hmm. You got a couple other ones coming up through. Um, Flannery, you know, a couple of these other guys that are undefeated. And it's like, yeah, it's, you know, awesome, great, good job. Start testing yourself now. You know what I mean? Start seeking yeah. out these tough guys. And uh, that's one thing I'll give Cam was, I mean, he was the first kid he fought wasn't no joke. And uh, he already had two or three fights in camp when Cam fought him. And, uh, you know, it wasn't but two fights in. And the next thing you know, he's going to South Carolina and fight the undefeated kid. He went to Philly to fight Bobby, who was supposed to be the next big thing coming out of Philly. You know what I mean? Any he, he fights uh, Patton, who's, you know, the top, amateur in his weight class in Pittsburgh and then any fights Asher Frederick who's undefeated you know same record as him like and then he goes and gets Hunter Starner like to me that's what you do you know and Cam Lucen just showed Cam what he needs to do what he needs to work on um there's no shame in losing as an amateur there's none whatsoever none at all uh so I would you know to me like I'd like to see a lot of these guys you know test themselves a little bit more but, uh, you know, it's, it's all about what they want to do. It's their career. It's their choice. Um, they can go after whatever they want. Um, I ain't got nothing in it, so I got no stock invested there. But, uh, yeah, it, it is interesting to illustrate for people that Ethan is not just talking. He's not just spouting, spouting off right now. If you look at his record, he had five fights in 2013 mm-hmm. and five, five fights in 2014. So in a two year stretch, you had your 10 amateur fights, which is yeah. a ridiculous pace, dude. Fighting five times in one year and back to back years is crazy. That's what I told everyone. And I was like, man, you got a lot of fights. I'm like, dude, I've only been doing this for two years though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I honestly, I should have waited in my honest opinion, I should I was I wasn't until I was like two fights into my pro career, three fights into my pro career where I felt like I, you know, was a pro athlete. And I should have waited another year and I should have fought, you know, a couple more fights. I just fought anybody, anytime, any place, anywhere. You know what I mean? Fought Wally Wally Hess and Altoona and beat him and walked out of the cage and got a text message and accepted the fight for the next week. You know, against Richie Canalina for the belt in Pittsburgh. Like, that's just how it was. You know, I went to Toledo on four days' notice. You know, I got hit up wanted to know if I wanted a title fight against the undefeated kid that was 7-0 and in Toledo with all finishes. I was like, fuck yeah, I'll take that fight. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> Back up, go to drive seven hours to Toledo, ended up winning, winning, won the belt. You know, and that was right after, so right after Richie, I fought Jarrell Hodge next, you know, who was the number one kid in the country at the time. And, uh, you know, I didn't even, when I went to Toledo then, on short notice, I didn't have anyone to corner me. And a lot of people probably don't know this, but Jarrell was the one that came up from Akron or wherever he's from in Ohio and cornered me in Toledo. You know? That's amazing. That is crazy. What's one saying was so much different back in those days. Uh, so many more promotions. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely true. But like, you know, it's, I kind of have like a, and, and Darren's the one that kind of has to pull the reins back on some, cause I'll get offered something. I'm like, what do you think of this? He'll be, Hey, you know, that's he's like, Let's look at this a little closer or something. And I'm like, oh, all right. So I kind of still, like I have that old school mentality. You know what I mean? We're like the UFC one days, but uh, you know, I just nonstop keep working you know, nonstop staying in the gym. And like you said, you go back and look at my record. I got a lot of losses on my record, even as a pro. Um, looking back at it, yeah, there was a lot of them I should have won. But all in all, like, I wouldn't change it for nothing because now I'm sitting where I'm sitting now. Um, every one was a learning experience, you know. Mm-hmm. Every time I got beat was a learning experience for me. You know, it was just something. I just kept my nose down and I just kept grinding. Whether I won or whether I lost, I was back in the gym. And, uh, you know, eventually it started paying off. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely the theme with you, man. Anybody, like I said, who's paid attention to your career from amateur all the way till now, where it looks like you're truly hitting your stride and looking like the peak version of yourself. Maybe I'm sure you still feel that your peak is in the future. And I'm sure it is based on the trajectory of your last couple fights, man. Like I said, you just keep getting better and better, mm-hmm. but we're, we're honored, man, that you're our champion. Like it feels good to put you out there with our belt because this is something that Ryan and I talk about all the time with Jim as well. Our matchmakers, like we don't want, we don't use our belts as marketing props. We don't just give people a belt to help sell a couple more fights. Like, Oh, it's a title fight. We need our title fights to actually mean something to represent something. And especially at the pro level, we want that title fight to be exactly what you're saying. A signal to Bellator, a signal to UFC that, Hey, this, this guy's ready for you. Like John DeJesus was a champion, went to Bellator, Kamo's a champion, went to the UFC, like, we want our pro champions to make that jump. So, definitely, I think this is going to be your seventh fight for us now, which probably makes you the be, have to be the – It has to be. It's between me and Edwin. Uh, I think uh, we're tied at yeah. six right now. So, uh, if Edwin's on, I guess we'll – if he's on in October, I guess we'll be tied again. But if not, finally got past him again. So <laughs> That's so crazy. So Yeah, let me see. Oh, no, Edwin has seven. Oh, damn. Edmund's wow. got me right now. Uh, I guess I'm going to tie him then. Uh, we'll Edmund, Ed- take a break. Yeah. Edmund, dude, take a break. You heard? Go get yourself a cheeseburger. Put on a little bit of weight. Take a break. <laughs> we'll put Edwin on uh, October 22nd instead of October 1st so that you can be tied for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew it was down between me and Edwin. Uh both of us fought. I mean, he pretty much started his career with you guys. I think every fight he's ever had was with you guys. Um, it is. That's crazy. You know, he's he's a true, true two four seven legend. Yeah. That's what, uh, you know, Ryan. I mean, when Ryan first started doing this promotion, I think Calma and I were the only two, you know, experienced pros that were um, able to, you know, get on the show. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, 
you know, Kama's out doing his thing. You know, he's obviously a high, super high level um, competitor. But uh, like I said, I just I feel like I'm in the same position that Kama was in before. You know, he got signed and took that short notice fight that he did. I think that was what a week after he fought for you guys, or two weeks after he it fought was. for you guys, and then he goes to yep. fight for the UFC. I'm looking to do the same shit, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Especially fighting a guy in Devontae Smith in Kama's case that, you know, they're friends. Yeah. They trained together. Like, it was a, it was completely that opportunity that the way I've always heard it was that they had that talk before. Like, the only way we'll ever fight each other is if it's in the UFC. So, that's actually how it ended up panning out. So, they, these are the things, like, you, always, you were talking about how, you know, amateurs need to just go get experience, get experience. But when you get to the level you're at, it has to make sense. Yeah. Like, the fights have to make sense. You, you definitely got to be more strategic with you know how you do it how you go about it and sometimes you're you know you get limited like for example the last um last year in august when we fought in johnstown you know we were down to three weeks out i think and i've already signed five or six contracts and everybody that signed backed out and we were down to nobody but you know pseudo pseudo wanted to fight and it was like all right like well we knew he was a risky fight too like, there's a good chance if I didn't show up that night, I was going to lose. And, uh, you know, I did show up that night and look how tough it still was. But, uh, yeah. So, you know, sometimes you got to take what you got to take. But, you know, other times when you're this level where you're, you're kind of close to making that, being able to get that call up to the big show, you know, you got to be a little strategic on how you take the fights. You got to look at the matchups, how well you match up with this guy. You know what I mean? Obviously, you can fight anybody you want. Um, but so you just gotta you gotta look at your matchups. Yeah, I think Sudo is way better than people realize. He was relatively inexperienced, but the dude had fought was, in Bellator what? before that fight. He's four and one, three and one, four and one. Yeah, maybe. four and one. Yeah, he was. Uh, he he had less experience compared to me because I was I had like twelve fights then, so he had five. But uh, like you said, the dude he lost to in Bellator was an absolute stud, and it wasn't like a one sided ass whooping either it was a you know a close competitive fight um Sudo was surprisingly better on the ground than i thought he was going to be like when when he ended up we ended up on the ground i'm like oh like this kid's strong like and he's hard to hang on to and his jiu-jitsu is really good like now this is a bit of a shock and that part of that was my fault is i was more or less preparing for um mainly a, a kickboxing fight Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't really focus much on the, uh, on the grappling portion of it. Like I just, just kind of thought maybe I had that in a bag, but, uh, ended up being more of a dog fight than I thought it was going to be. Um, he, he was super impressive and he hasn't fought since then, interestingly enough. So I, I'm, I've been checking in on him actually. Like I, I do yeah. that sometimes like, Hey, what's, what's that guy up to? And he, he hasn't fought since then. He comes from a legit gym to ground control. Oh, yeah. it's absolutely huge. Like you see some of the fighters they turn out, um, you know, they got another guy at my weight, Jesse Stern, who's uh, I think Jesse's number one ranked in PA um, or number two. I think I'm number four right now. Um, but yeah, they got another guy, you know, that, I'm sure someday him and I are going to cross paths. You know, I would rather cross paths with somebody like him on a bigger stage, obviously, Absolutely. like to fight that competition. I would rather do it on, you know, whether it's UFC, PFL, Bellator, whatever. 
Um, then I would have to do it on a regional scene, but you yeah. never know what's going to happen. Yeah, you guys are the same age. He's number two in PA, number four in the Northeast, as yeah. you can see there. He's fought fought in PFL, so if people have heard of him, that could be where they saw him or maybe CFFC. Crazy, man. I Like like you said, he's he's another guy that's just insanely seasoned and mm -hmm. and at that super top level. I would That would be a cool fight, man. If you got the UFC call up and it was you versus Stern, I think people would absolutely love that. That's sweet. Yeah, like you said, I mean – it, in order to get that call, it's anybody, you know, I don't care who it, I don't care if they call me in to fight, you know, if I get to step in and fight Volkanovski on a week's notice, like whatever, <laughs> let's do it. You know, what's the worst that's going to happen? So, right. Champ versus champ stuff. Yeah, dude, ground control to your point does have a stack for us. We had oh, yeah. Sean Seuss, Sean Seusser fought for us as well and submitted Justin Patton and he's been just yeah. absolutely turning it up. That His resume so, is crazy. Like I was shocked. Um, Patton jumped on that so soon, you know, for Patton mm -hmm. making this, I think Patton made his debut against him. And I mean, did, if you yeah. looked at, if you looked at that kid up, dude, he, that kid was no joke. Like I seen him warm up, you know what I mean? And I'm like, this kid is, you know, he's a big 135 pounder. He's a legit striker, legit ground guy. Like that, that kid was, you know, that was a tough fight to take for your pro debut. All props to Patton really for, you know, taking it. Yep. Yeah, he was 4-0 and as an amateur with all four stoppages, and now he's 3-0 and as a pro with all three stoppages. Yeah. So, Suster's an animal, man. That's another guy that I've been checking in on. So That kid's a real deal. Guys. Yeah. And that's he another thing when you go from, you know, as an amateur to pro, like if you do it, like kind of how I was explaining, where you want to fight all the best guys, you know, the toughest guys you can, then when you go pro, start now, now start nitpicking. You know what I mean? Now I'll be a little bit more picky about stuff, but you should also already have this confidence instilled in you that you can hang with really good guys. So you don't have to be that picky. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Exactly. Well, October 1st, man, you're going to have to hang with a really good guy. I mean, that's the task ahead. Tobias Taylor's really good. We know that he's a beast. Won two straight. Yep. He wants that belt. Is it two? I mean, he. Or three. I, I thought he was on three five minute streak. Could be three. I'm seeing two. It could is be it three, two? Though. No, maybe it must be two. Yeah. Then I was thinking three for some reason, but no, yeah, Tobias. Uh, you know, he's a pretty good kickboxer. Um, I I think he's probably more kickboxing heavy than he is like he more of a striker style. Um, but if you watch his fights, like he has, he's not afraid to shoot. You know, not afraid to take people down. Not afraid to work on the ground. Um, so the kid's seasoned. Um, like I said, he's been around a long time. So it's basically going to be a battle of two veterans again um, with a belt on the line. Same thing as me and Barbarina, two seasoned guys going in, and uh, one of us is going to come out holding a title overhead. Yep. This time a title defense for you, man. I know we're crazy excited for this fight. We hope everybody listening is excited to hear that you're back. I know that people definitely had fun with the announcement, and people did seem to be excited to see you back. So, of course, the 247 faithful likes some Ethan Goss action, man. So we're honored to have you back in there October 1st in Monroeville. Don't get injured working. Don't get injured working on your car, and we'll see you, there. We'll see you in the cage. I'll be there. I will Hell for sure yeah. be there. So. All right, brother. We're gonna work. I, I told, I texted Dylan, and I'm telling him like, start tagging Dodge and Cummins, and start tagging these people for for God. Yeah. Middlesworth. Middlesworth is still mine. I need to get you that Middlesworth sponsorship. That's on my shoulders. Yeah, I I just picked up two bags up the other night. So come on, Middlesworth. Come on, Hunter. Like you gotta you gotta hook a brother up here. 
we got to work harder for our champions. I, know, so. I get it. <laughs> All right, brother. Will you enjoy your night? I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Absolutely, dude. Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Later.